Welcome to the Girl Scout Advantage podcast, a podcast where we educate, empower, and share the stories of the Girl Scout experience. Join us to rediscover the magic of leadership, teamwork, and personal discovery. The Girl Scout Advantage, a podcast where you will learn how the Girl Scouts Heart of Michigan creates successful girls for today who will become the leaders of our tomorrow. Hello and welcome to another Girl Scout Advantage podcast with the Girl Scouts Heart of Michigan. My name is Brenna Smith, Special Project Coordinator here at GSHOM, and today I am talking with Troop Leader and Area Manager Chris Holberg, who is from Brooklyn, Michigan, and is the Area Manager for our Irish Hills area. Um, Chris currently is a Troop Leader for both a Brownie Troop as well as a Senior Troop, um, and her daughter is in the Senior Troop. So thank you for joining us today, Chris. Thanks for having me. So to get us started, if you could describe to me how you first got involved in Girl Scouts. So I never got to be a Girl Scout until I was 35. Uh, I remember my sister was a brownie for a brief stint, but then they couldn't find a leader, and so her troop dissolved, and there was never one when um, I was younger. So when my daughter was in kindergarten, we went to the Roundup for Girl Scouts, like so many moms do, and parents, and um, they kind of looked at all of us and asked who was willing to jump off the cliff of leadership, and... um, (laughs) I was the one that put my hand up. So, um, yeah, I started at 35. Yeah. <laughs> now 10 years in. So Awesome. So what was it like for you as a mom and volunteer who you didn't have a Girl Scout experience growing up? How, how, what was that experience like learning about the Girl Scout thing and how to be a leader? I think I leaned real heavily on um, the other parents that the other Girl Scout mm-hmm. leaders that were in there. I actually started Girl Scouting in Arizona. We lived in Arizona at the time, mm-hmm. so I was with the Cactus Pine Council at the time. And we had um, a really big area. We had like 65 troops in our area mm-hmm. and um, a really good leadership team. And so I just always had a wealth of um, other adults to ask. Mm-hmm. And I kind of miss that sometimes because my area in Michigan is tinier. And so when I'm bringing in new leaders and I'm doing trainings and stuff like that, I kind of always wish for them that they had that 65 troop area. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think now with like Facebook groups and things like that, we do a pretty good job of trying to bridge that through and Mm -hmm. just making sure that um, they're connected with the leaders in the area that we know that are so approachable about getting, you know, asking questions or answering questions or coming up with ideas. But Mm -hmm. training's really good too. And um, we really emphasize to our leaders now that, um, that y- you know, you'll make a lot of mistakes, but you don't have to be perfect. And that was one of the best lessons that I learned when I was training and as a new leader, as one of the ladies pulled me aside and she said, you're going to make a ton of mistakes, but it's all going to be worth it. So don't worry about it. Don't mm-hmm. worry about the mistakes that you make and, and you'll, you'll figure it out. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's more about the, the love and energy and time you're investing in the girls as opposed to having the perfect meeting where everything goes right. I don't think that there's such a thing as a perfect (laughs) meeting where everything goes right. We we talk about that. Uh, Again, I'm I'm a trainer, so I'll keep saying stuff like that. But um, we talk about that in training, too. Sometimes you'll plan the perfect meeting, and you'll put so much time into it. And then you get there, and the girls just aren't having it that day. And like everything kind of has to turn to liquid and move to where (laughs) it needs to go. So I hear that the way to go is to be flexible and know that that perfect meeting is not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But what would your advice be to a new leader who might be struggling with that? I think I always try and um, give my leaders uh, some 
good games to play or some good default things. The kids a lot of times will have good games that they'll play or you'll have some songs that you sing with them or you'll have some coloring sheets or, you know, it kind of depends on the culture of your troop because every troop kind of develops their own culture. So with my kids, like, they love playing this, the, the littles, not the seniors, um, they love playing this Naughty Frog game or Naughty Frog. And so mm -hmm. if something happens, if my meeting gets interrupted or if something's going wrong, I can always be like, hey, guys, you want to just go play Naughty Frog in the corner for a second? And they can go do that and they can mm -hmm. do it without my direction or with my direction. Um, depending on how, how things go, and they're always happy with that as a go-to. So when I'm training new leaders, I always try and give them some suggestions of, these are some things that you can do if, if your meeting gets off track or if they just really need to get wiggles out or if somebody's interrupting your meeting and you have to deal with a parent or an adult and they need to be able to be self-directed mm -hmm. or that sort of thing. So, um, And I think that that's another great thing that you can, you know, when you ask other leaders, uh, the leaders that have been around for a long time always can have some of those cool tricks in their back pocket mm -hmm. for it. So, absolutely, yeah, it's good to have those those backup plans for when things go awry. Mm -hmm. So, thinking about when your daughter first started as as Girl Scouts and progressing to now being a senior, what has what has it been like to be alongside her with throughout that journey of of starting in Girl Scouts ten years ago and now? being in high school and still involved in Girl Scouts? I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm just, I feel very, very fortunate to have been able to take that path with her. And there were a lot of things that I wanted for my daughter um, as she was growing up. And I wanted her to always um, be independent. I wanted her always to be inquisitive. And I wanted her to um, be able to feel comfortable saying when she doesn't know something as well as when she does know something mm -hmm. um, and be able to try things and fail and recover from that. And I think Girl Scouting has just been such a phenomenal path for doing that. There's, mm -hmm. um, we as parents can kind of teach those life lessons along the way too, but um, when you're going to a Girl Scout troop and you're kind of trying to accomplish things like our badge work or um, planning trips or doing things like that, it gives them chances to, um, you know, try and fail and try and succeed. Um, and they're learning, they're learning those traits either way. And so, um, you know, we always talk about, you know, courage, confidence, and character, the big C's. So I, I, I just think that when you get girls together and they have a group that's their friends and their circle and they get comfortable um, trying things and again, I always, I, I always bring up the failure part of it, trying things and failing and being okay with that and figuring out how to move forward from mm -hmm. it um, and realizing that things don't end with a failure, that that's just one step along the path and that mm -hmm. they can keep going. Um, it's, it's been fun for me to watch my daughter because she truly is turning into an inquisitive, um, resilient child so mm -hmm. or adult I should say she's she'll always be my child but she's getting more <laughs> more and more she's a high schooler now so she would not be happy if I called her a child <laughs> so when you think about the the other girls in her troop as well um, what do you think how else have you seen them grow over the last 10 years I think that um, one of the beautiful things about having groups of kids together like that is that they'll they'll look to each other if you when you have a safe space when the girls are kind of all playing together and they're not judging each other but they're actually doing the stuff together mm -hmm. um, you'll see girls actually try and draw on each other for the strengths that they see in the others so maybe one of them's not very 
um, outgoing, but she sees another girl and she thinks, oh, that's the way that I would like to be. Or maybe one of them's not very comfortable with camping and she sees another one and says, oh, that's, that, I would be more like that. Um, they, they start to work together and develop those skills. So if they might not have had that natural path um, either through role modeling in their own homes or the way that they're coming through school or something like that, um, mm -hmm. they actually have chance to be each other's instructors too. Mm -hmm. So it's, n it's not just um, what we as adults sometimes pluck out of our heads and say, oh, these are the things that kids should learn. The kids know what they want to learn or don't want to learn. And so they have the chance of, you know, I, my brownies, I have a troop of um, about 23 girls right now. Wow. There's really 23 23 instructors in there for any one girl there's you know there's me and there's the other mm -hmm. 22 girls and my co-leader of course too mm -hmm. so 24 but um yeah they they can all they can all look around and I love when they whenever they're solving problems I always tell them you have to ask a girl first so don't come to me mm -hmm. ask a girl first and and they that becomes practice for them that becomes something that they just automatically start to do once they're used to me telling them that over oh. a long time they'll be like no don't go to Chris she'll tell you to go to a girl first <laughs> and so um they do they they instruct each other and they learn how to try and fail and and succeed together and I think that that's great too yeah so. what a great way to make things girl-led too even just that simple question or or statement of we'll ask a girl first mm -hmm. like that gives them a lot of autonomy too answer those questions and solve those problems. Well, and that's one of the things, so when we're training, like if you've ever heard a trainer talk about it, we always talk about that you really want the girls to know that it's their troop, right? It's not my troop, it's their troop. Mm -hmm. And in order to get them to have the buy-in and in order to get them to stay in Girl Scouts into high school, which is really you know one of the things that we're trying to do, right? We're trying to get them to not just be cute little brownies selling cookies, which is mm -hmm. kind of the stereotype that you see out there, even though our brownies are strong and powerful and doing awesome things. Um, but what you really want them to do is kind of keep building on those lessons all the way through high school and into mm -hmm. adulthood and to kind of have that little pack of friends that kind of support each other all the way through because as they get through the higher years of elementary and junior high and high school especially there's a lot of other challenges where it's kind of nice to have a girl have your back sometimes you know mm -hmm. when you're just kind of going through the emotions of it if you don't um, continually reinforce that it's their troop then you're gonna lose that buy-in and the other thing, too, is that it also makes it easier for me as a leader because um, there will always be the one girl that at some point during your troop um, journey will come up to you and be like, I'm bored. And my response is always, if you're bored, then it's not my fault. <laughs> so this is your troop. What would make yeah. it less boring? So this is not, it's not my job to make it less boring. If there are things that you are more interested in, then you must give me that feedback. Mm. So I'll, uh, you know, I'll plan stuff for the girls. I always ask them what badges they want to do. And sometimes it's compromise. Sometimes, you know, one of the badges that's going to be super awesome for some of the girls is going to be boring for other girls. Mm. And we use that to talk about compromise and that sort of thing too. But um, I, I don't let the girls complain to me about their troop because it's their troop. It's not my troop. So mm. if there's a complaint that they have about their troop, then we need to problem solve how to fix that. Pro how mm -hmm. to fix that. Um, and it's it's just a great way to turn it back to them and just and empower them too. Yeah. So and take it right back to that buy-in. If if your troop is not a place that you want to be, then we need to solve that. And it's not my job to solve it. It's mm -hmm. their job to solve it. Yeah. So. I love that. That's a that's a great piece of advice um, because it, it can be really hard to accommodate the the needs and the interests of a large group of girls, especially if it's twenty three brownies. Mm -hmm. So turning it around and well, this is your troop. 
we're going to do what you guys want to do, like, let me help you kind of thing, help me help you. Um, that's a, I think that that's an amazing piece of advice. I, I wrote down the ask a girl first mm-hmm. bit for my own yeah. <laughs> yeah. use with my troop. So I find it really interesting um, that you are a volunteer who is area manager and a troop leader for two different troops that, you know, a brownie troop, which is very different than a senior troop. So can you just tell me a little bit about what it's like to be working with, you know, second and third graders at the same time that you're working with ninth and tenth graders? You know, those similarities and differences and kind of what that's like for you? Mm-hmm. I, I clearly have to take a more integral role with the brownies because there's not so much that they know how to do for themselves mm-hmm. yet. They can know what they want, but they, I, they can't necessarily, you know, drive themselves around or prep stuff or have control mm-hmm. over a lot of the things in their life that mm-hmm. say my high schoolers can can have control over. Mm-hmm. Um, so my high schoolers at this point, you know, part of it, you making it their troop and having them get used to making this being decision makers and that sort of thing. Um, at this point, it's not my job to lead their troop. It's their job to lead their troop. And so we talk about the different goals that they want to reach. And, um, and then I kind of stand back and they're supposed to go and kind of figure that out and ask mm. me if they need direction when they get stumped or I'm there to help remove obstacles that they as, mm. as non-adults can't remove for themselves. Right. Um, so with the with the seniors, a lot of times it's really just um, them hanging out and, and figuring out what they're going to do and there's usually some cookie making or we made crepes last week. They Ooh. wanted to make crepes. So, um, you know, a lot of times they, they, my seniors have evolved into a troop where where they're work when they're working, there's usually some sort of food involved. <laughs> that sounds like my kind of troop. Right, right, right. It's, no, I, I was not sad about the crepes. Let me tell you, a little <laughs> Nutella, some strawberry and bananas. It was lovely. Oh. Um, but you know, the, the brownies at their age, we're still, there's still a lot of behaviors that we're trying to role model them into, right? They're still trying to, um, learn a lot about themselves and what they're capable mm. of doing. And so, um, I, I do have to be a lot more involved at that level. But I also like being with the brownies because they still like to play, you know? So mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite things about being a Girl Scout is that I get to go play with the kids. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we, um, we figure those things out and I get to, I, I usually come away from the meetings more energized or at least with a big smile on my face if they worn me out. Um, <laughs> and, and they seem to, they just love being in their group. They just mm-hmm. love being part of their own club. So mm-hmm. it's, it, it makes it easy. Um, and even when even when I don't have that perfect meeting planned, we can always figure out a way to have fun together, and mm-hmm. and so it's a good group. Yeah. Yeah. So what does girl led look like in your brownie troop? In my brownie troop, we start by um, we started the year off by picking what badges we wanted to do most, and mm-hmm. so we did a lot of they kind of wrote a list to begin with, and then we did some fist to five on some of that stuff, which if people haven't heard of that that's like a decision making um for consensus so like Mm. if you really want to do something you hold up five fingers if you really don't want to do something you hold up one finger or maybe no fingers and then it's a point of discussion so if the person that really wants to do it she doesn't get to just bowl over everybody else that doesn't want to do it we have to ask questions about why that person doesn't want to do it so Uh like a lot of times when I'm doing this in training I'll give the um the example of like uh going 
around horses. You know, maybe it's not even horseback riding, but just going around horses. And there's some kids that I found have an incredibly deep fear of horses. Mm -hmm. They're big. They're huge compared to a brownie. A horse is huge. Mm -hmm. And there's some girls that love them and would go and curl up and sleep in the stable with a horse (laughs) any chance that she got. And so you find that's like one of those areas where people are, the girls are usually like a five or a one. You know, they either really want to do it or they really don't want to do it. And so we talk about how to reach consensus. Well, why is why why are you a one instead of a five? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm really scared of horses. I know somebody that got kicked by a horse. Okay, well, what if we went to this stable and, and I told you that there's a fence so the horses can't get to you without you wanting them to get to you? You would be mm-hmm. able to stand on the other side of the fence. Would that make you feel safe enough? Well, yeah, maybe. And what if I told you, okay, you don't have to touch the horse at all. You just have to stand back from the horse. Okay, well, that would be fine. Okay, well, what if we were going to take some molasses and some oats and an ice cream cone, and we were going to make horse treats? And you didn't have to feed the horse, but you, would you be willing to go there and help us make the horse treats for them? Mm-hmm. And that's usually a good bridging thing. And then once you get them there, they might decide that they do want to be braver. Maybe mm-hmm. they do want to kind of reach through the fence and, and pet their nose, or they do want to do that sort of thing. But um, you have to get them. You have to get to the underlying fear of, or the underlying cause of why they don't want to do that. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just because they don't want to do it, and it's, you know, it's a matter of compromise. That right. sometimes kids, you're going to have to do things that you don't want to do that other girls do, and sometimes they're going to want to have, they're going to do stuff that you want to do that mm-hmm. they don't want to do. But um, the fist to five thing, we we really try and push because it 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 makes it so that there's not a black or white issue of mm-hmm. we just disagree. It makes it so that you are forced to ask questions until you get to the heart of things and then really try and come up with some sort of compromise that's going to make everybody um, happy or willing to go along because mm-hmm. we don't do anything unless we do it as a troop. Yeah. So. And what a good way for girls to learn about the importance of understanding where another person is coming from, mm-hmm. you know, when thinking about a fear. Like it's more than just, you know, oh, well, Grace is just terrified of this. It's, well, maybe she she does know that person who got kicked you know um helping them develop the skills to dig deeper than just what's Mm -hmm. at the surface well and kids that age especially at brownies it's funny because they'll give you whiplash going from ego to empathy right so Mm -hmm. at the one in the one moment they can be so i i i and all about what they want Mm -hmm. and then like in two seconds later if you actually make them pause and listen to what the other girl is feeling Mm -hmm. they can also be the most empathetic kids you know people that you'll ever meet and so it's really funny kind of um, how that how that develops in front of you and how the conversation develops sometimes. I think it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. a little, our own little social experiment that yeah. we have as our troop, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, so. and seeing that light bulb kind of go off for them or that seeing when that, that switch does the flip, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you had to think about your Girl Scout experience as a whole, what story would you tell to encapsulate that experience? I can think of a I I can think of a couple of a couple of stories um, off the top of my head. I had in my in my first go round with the younger girls when my daughter was um, my troop when Mm -hmm. my daughter's troop. I had some girls that were I had a troop that was split brownies and juniors, and one of the girls that was in my troop was never allowed to come to meeting unless her mom was sitting in the back of the room. She was not allowed to go anywhere by herself. She wasn't allowed to come camping with us. She wasn't allowed to go do our overnights. Um, and we knew that, and I kind of tried to talk to her parents and get them to the point of ease where they would be able to do that. Um, but at some point, it was just not going to happen. So we did a backyard um, camping trip so that she could 
um, participate as much as possible because mm -hmm. we weren't actually leaving town. Mm -hmm. And I talked her mom into, you know, like, just come right up until we go into the tents. Mm -hmm. And she can even bring a sleeping bag and put it in the tent and everything. And, you know, like when the girls go into their tents, they can, you know, play and stuff like that. But, you know, you go sleep in your bed at night. But other than that, have her here as much as possible. And mom said that, that was okay. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> a like midway through the night, it was funny because we were getting ready to do dinner prep and her caper, which is their jobs, if you're mm. not a Girl Scout, capers are our, their chores. Um, her caper was not to do kitchen duty at the time, but she came up to me and she was like, you know, Chris, I, I'd really just like to try and peel a carrot. <laughs> and she was in like fourth grade and my daughter probably would have been like, here, you can peel all the carrots because she was used to it. But um, I was like, yeah, go peel a carrot. That's fine. And her mom, in that moment, she said, you know, it never would have occurred to me to put a carrot peeler in her hand, but of course she's in fourth grade. She's capable of using mm -hmm. a carrot peeler. And I said, yeah. And she goes, it's, she goes, her dad and I are going to have to have a really long discussion about what we're keeping her back from in this stuff. She goes, this mm. is really the safest environment that she could be trying this stuff, but it never would have occurred to me to put a carrot peeler in her hand or that she would even want to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that her mom was questioning how often they say no to her about things that just did not matter. Mm -hmm. And and it was, it was coming from a good place. It was coming from a place of love and protection from oh, their yeah. side. But until she saw, you know, until the mom even had the exposure of what other girls' lives were like or what other girls' um, experiences had been or capabilities were at that age, mm -hmm. like, she didn't know either. Sometimes I say parents need Girl Scouts as much as the kids do. So um, that was one of them that I just saw, like, a really good aha moment where a girl was going to have to go from, was ho hopefully potentially going from having a really um, restrictive sort of stance being taken to her mm -hmm. to to the to an area where her parents were going to let her experience more i hope yeah um another one oh my favorite camping trip that we ever went on mm -hmm. we did, i took again fourth grade fourth fifth graders and we went up um we lived in tucson at the time so can mount lemon is right there and so we went mm -hmm. up to a campground and um we had our own area um that was fantastic and i had brought all of this badge work and it was going to be so good and we had all of these things to do and we showed up to this campsite and there was a downed log over the ravine over a ravine and it was huge huge mm -hmm. it was like you know two and a half feet two and a half feet wide and the girls showed up and they go oh my gosh this is the camp initiation we have to everybody has to cross the log before <laughs> they can go into camp and it's the camp initiation and then also like if you've ever been in the desert this i mean i guess probably other places but there's just a huge boulder in the middle of the campsite too and that became their stage mm -hmm. and so then they were going to be doing a talent show that night and the the funny thing was the whole box of things that i had brought for them to do the entire time we never even opened because mm -hmm despite the fact that the Southwest is kind of a little bit outdoorsy, these kids were still mostly city kids. Most of their mm. time was spent in the city. And so mm -hmm. to go out into the woods and just have that like freedom of being able to play around the trees and, you know, climb over down trees that were now the bridge of initiation and the, <laughs> you know, the boulder that was now the stage for their talent contest and everything else. Um, I loved that was my that's still my favorite camping trip ever mm -hmm. and I just I just sat back and faded into the woodwork because mm -hmm. those girls at that age they knew we'd already learned how to um, cook the meals and we'd already learned how to pitch their tents and 
um, set up camp and do all mm. the things that they needed to do. And we did that through backyard camping before we went, so they were practiced in it. And um, I, I literally, I just faded into the woodwork. And one of the moms that came along with me that really came against her will, she'd never been camping before, mm -hmm. I told her, I said, just bring a book. We won't need you, just bring a book. You're just there for safety. And she goes, you know, I really did. She goes, I just brought a book. I just, I just read my, I read half of this book. I, and and it, at one point she was in a part of the camp that the kids couldn't see her and she couldn't mm -hmm. really, because she knew I was there. So right, she, right. Um, she was in earshot or whatever, but she goes, it was almost like my own vacation. Mm -hmm. And, um, <laughs> and she was happy because I get up and make coffee before any of the parents do. So, oh, nice. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was such a great camping trip for the, for us because the girls had, I mean, it was the most freedom they've ever had. It, for all intents and purposes, mm -hmm. there was no adult supervision. Mm -hmm. There was just them with the skills that they already knew mm -hmm. and the behavior that they knew was expected of them and just having fun and being joyful out in, mm -hmm. out in nature. It was lovely. That's so important for kids to have experiences like that too, you know, mm -hmm. with with technology and how connected we all are to technology, you know, taking that time away to breathe in the fresh air and, and be silly with your friends and, you know, do camping initiation. That's yeah. an important right thing for, for kids to yeah. experience. The, the seniors, because you said the technology part of it, the funny mm -hmm. thing is I don't let my seniors take out. If you're in my car, you do not get technology, so you don't oh. get your own phones and you do not get earbuds. You have to listen to my music, nice. <laughs> which I have a I have a very long, wide, eclectic list of mm -hmm. music that they hear. But it's funny because my the kids in my car will listen to everything. I mean, we've got swing going, we've got ska going, we've got some <laughs> you know R and B, we've got I mean this whole history of music that they would never even have mm -hmm. um, exposure to. But the thing is, is that I mean it just sparks conversation. I hate the I I I can't stand the the electronics and especially the earbuds now because mm -hmm. if you have a car full of girls and they're not even talking to each other like what are we doing mm -hmm. like what's the what's the purpose of the trip if, yeah if that's what we're doing so that's always my excuse is that if I have to I have to stay awake while they all fall asleep and I'm mm -hmm. doing the driving and everything we get to listen to my music but yeah. now now it's funny because we'll pull into parking lots and they'll find like the last one that we were on they had there was a big bad voodoo daddy song that they all got into <laughs> and we were pulling into a parking lot and they're all like singing it at the top of their lungs and and the other girls are looking at him like, I mean, it looks like you're having a lot of fun, but we have no idea what you're singing, so we can't sing along. <laughs> and then it turned into that that was kind of like their own private club out, out of my car because mm. they were the only ones that knew the song yet. So That's so funny. It's, it's funny, but yeah. How, the electronics. Yeah, how do they react about, or I guess how do your, your seniors, how do they feel about losing their technology during that time well they're used to it they're they just know that that's my rule so mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> i mean this one this this troop that i came into that they they weren't some of them some of them it was newer to them mm -hmm. because they they have a we haven't i'm not actually the leader of that troop i'm the co-leader of okay. that troop but the seniors have kind of just ended up being um it's multi-level troops so the seniors mm -hmm. have kind of ended up being around our being more my um group because that's the age of my daughter Gotcha. But, um, yeah, they, I mean, they got used to it real easily. I'm pretty mm -hmm. easygoing. I'm pretty fun to be around, except for there are some hard and fast rules that I have about, you know, no technology is my main one. Mm -hmm. My other one is take care of your feet. So mm -hmm. I'm not screwing around with flip-flops at campgrounds yeah. and that sort of thing. You, That's important. There's a good reason why we have rules about footwear and that sort of thing. And if one goes down, then the whole, the whole uh, camping trip gets, mm -hmm. you know, 
canceled. So yeah, you gotta. We had I we did do a camping trip when one time that 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 did happen. We kind of <laughs> we had one girl that tripped and fell and hurt her, banged her knee really really bad. We had mm-hmm. another girl that had the flu, and we we had gone like three and a half hours away, and we made it. I think maybe 17 hours and we I just loaded oh, everybody back in the car and I was like we're going back down the hill guys <laughs> we're done we're back down the mountain um but that was one of the things where the the girls that weren't sick or weren't hurt they they were sad because their trip was ending mm. but they also understood that you know if one goes down we you know no man left behind sort of thing like yeah. I wasn't going to call their mom and make them go three and a half hours to come mm-hmm. and pick them up like it was we actually had three girls that were sick at that point. But. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so, yeah. that sounds like there gosh, was some. There was, was some, probably your best trip. Huh? Yeah. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was definitely like there was a reason. If you ever want to know why Girl Scouts are so good about training their leaders about redundancy with first aiders and redundancy with people that know what to do, adults that know what to do with camp and in emergencies and that sort of thing, we tested every single one of them <laughs> that trip. It was hilarious because I was at the. I was doing archery, so you have to be sort of to do archery so I had girls doing archery when the one fell and then it was I mean we had we had we had all kinds of tests of the redundancy but mm-hmm. I think that that's one of the cool things about the way that Girl Scouts trains us is that um, we were prepared for everything that happened yeah. because we were following the rules mm-hmm. <laughs> so it worked out real well and how good so, it must have felt to be prepared instead of in that moment scrambling and, and not knowing yeah. you know what to do or the next step to take yeah. Well, and the girls knew. I mean, the the I think that that's one of those things too. Like we, um, Kelly, who's my co-leader, and I, we, we first aid happens every single year in our troops, whether they've already earned that badge or not. There mm-hmm. is always a first aid refresher, and mm-hmm. she's about ready to do one over President's Day weekend for um, like all the troops in our area. And I think there's even going to be some Boy Scouts that come to it. But their first aid is always a big deal because it doesn't have to just be an adult. And mm-hmm. a lot of times when an injury happens, we're not the closest people. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, one of the one of the girl's friends is the closest person there. And for them to know, you know, how to help immobilize a knee or, you know, put some pressure on something that's bleeding mm-hmm. or, um, you know, just know when a friend's looks like they're distressed about something that's Mm -hmm. that's important you know we're not we we're not always the first ones to have eyeballs on a problem a lot of times if you it's important to teach the girls to to be able to recognize what needs to be done or Mm -hmm. when there's things that need to be done I guess and those are important life skills you know beyond just the Girl Scout arena like to setting them up to the point where they could be out, you know, in the world and, and address that kind of problem. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, we have, it's funny because when we lived in Arizona, the every year we have somebody that, unfortunately, either, usually we usually have at least one person that dies going in the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon mm-hmm. is no joke. And um, people will go in there either without proper clothing or without enough hydration mm-hmm. or whatever it's going to be. And we're teaching the girls those skills ahead of time. Like, our girls know how to... A, make sure that they're packed for the situation. B, know how to layer for what the weather is going to be. C, Mm -hmm. know how to recognize the signs of dehydration or heat stroke or the things that um, happen when they get out. And so there's a lot of times when you get people that really just haven't had the training in outdoors. They think that they can just go and hop on a trail and, um, you know, start wandering around and they're Mm -hmm. not prepared. And so I think it's great when we can teach the girls to be prepared to go out in the woods like that or out in the Canyon or wherever they go, Mm -hmm. (laughs) preparing them for any of those scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say is the greatest lesson that you have learned because of Girl Scouting? 
I'm not sure that it's the greatest lesson so much as the greatest reinforcement of how much girls need this. And not just girls, but I think kids, but because we're dealing with the girls. The, for, to, have, to have Girl Scouting in their lives and give them a space that's their own to um, explore all of these things and whether it's doing badge work or not. Some, a lot of times we're not necessarily just doing badge work where the girls are just being together and um, kind of exploring life together. Um, they, they need this and, and with electronics and how um, disconnected kids are feeling these days and how, mm-hmm. um, how society has shifted along those lines. I mean, I was just in a school meeting the other day. I'm on my school board too. And we were just in a school meeting the other day and we were talking about how, um, you know, disconnectedness and suicide are becoming more and more um, things that we need to be concerned with mm-hmm. as adults with our children. And that, you know, if you're, if you're old like me, you don't, you don't, they, that wasn't necessarily something that registered, I don't think, when we were growing up. But when kids are on their phones and they're disconnected all the time from, you know, they might be having a conversation, but they're having it through text. They're not like mm-hmm. actually talking to each other's faces mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, to have to have these experiences where the kids are unplugging and really just relating to each other and um, having each other's backs and doing that sort of thing, I think is just so, so important. Mm-hmm. We had a um, one of my girl meetings, when, when girls get to be juniors, I always say juniors is one of the best times to, to recruit new Girl Scouts because fourth mm-hmm. and fifth grade, it starts to get hard for girls. Like that's when, that's when the cattiness starts to come out. That's when the hormones mm-hmm. start to come out. That's when things just get, like things that they always knew and felt self-assured and um, sometimes get undermined a little bit just, mm-hmm. by, just by the developments that are taking place at, mm-hmm. in a girl at that age. And um, we, I, with my juniors, I, had a, I put a box out because we kept having girls coming like to the meetings really upset about whatever had happened during the day. And so we put a box out where they could put in a note, either anonymous or not, something that was really upsetting about the day. And there was a girl that was... Um, being bullied and so she put a note in there and we were talking about her being bullied and that sort of thing and one of the girls that had um a lot more um i'm not sure how to say it the uh, one of the other girls i she wasn't necessarily like popular girl but she was she just had a little bit more clout social clout yeah Yeah. that's exactly that would be great um and so we were talking about it and she she said, I know, I get bullied all the time, too. And she goes, you don't, you can't get, Emily, you can't get bullied. You're one of the popular girls. And she goes, and the other one says, have you seen these ears that I have to deal with? <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I get bullied, too. And it was a really remarkable aha moment for the girls to realize that what the social stratus that they thought mm-hmm. was there was not necessarily there. And that's another thing that gets broken down through Girl Scouts because mm-hmm. we, the girls that are in it are not necessarily just you know, the buddies. Mm-hmm. We, we have friends and buddies that sign up for it. But usually they're doing it, they, they sign up in kindergarten or first grade, they haven't necessarily developed that structure of who they're going to mm-hmm. be buddies with yet. So you'll have troops where you have the more popular slash less popular. Mm-hmm. should be doing air quotes around that. <laughs> um, and, and really be able to explore that part of it too. But yeah. it's just, I think it's just an easier bridge for them to get through those mm-hmm. tough times when they know that they've got the reinforcement and they've got their group. Yeah. And so I just try and really emphasize that, too. When we're talking to parents about um, forming troops and making sure that there's leadership for it and making sure that they have the support through, you know, cookie sales and all the things that the Girl Scouts, that we do with the Girl Scouts, 
I'm always trying to point to the long-term picture of like Girl Scouts is it's something that's fun and cute for them when they're brownies and daisies but in their junior in their years where they're juniors it's still going to be fun but it's also going to be supportive and when mm. they're you know getting into their cadets and seniors it's still going to be fun but that's going to be like they're also going to have supportive and they're going to have exploring like major things that are going to get them development mm. developmentally prepared for going out mm -hmm. in the world and then certainly by the time you're getting up to seniors and ambassadors they've got those leadership skills so they're still having fun but they're really developing some hardcore leadership skills that are going to take them on so i'm always trying to draw that like long-term picture of like don't mm. think that your girl's going to be a brownie and then just walk away from it that's mm -hmm. if she does that she's missing you know, 99% of what's so great about Girl Scouts. So. Yeah, it's a cumulative experience, yeah. yeah. So kind of wrapping up a little bit, if you were talking to somebody considering volunteering for Girl Scouts, what advice would you give to them? I My advice would be do it. Um, whatever excuse you can come with up with for why you shouldn't do it, ignore that no <laughs> um i've been when i started out as my daughter's troop leader i was um i was running my own business and that was taking a lot of time and so i wasn't sure if i wanted to be able to um or if i was going to prioritize that like mm -hmm. i and, and i used the excuse of that okay i'm gonna it was i was gonna prioritize i always or i already had time that i was spending with my daughter so this would just be one more thing that we could do together and that was good, but it was hard to run a business and run a troop at the same time, mm -hmm. but it was fun. It was so fun mm -hmm. and it was exactly what I needed out of it. And so I've, I've run a business while I've been doing it. I've worked in corporate while I've been doing it. And right now I'm, I'm actually just a hundred percent of a volunteer. So I've done it kind of in all the stages of it mm -hmm. and whatever the excuses, um, you might come up with for why it's just not going to fit into your life or that sort of thing i'm just i just would emphasize that the reward is so 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 worth it mm. not just in the time that you get to spend with your own girl but in the time when you get to see how um you impact the lives of these girls that wouldn't have scouting if it weren't for you mm -hmm. um and we always try and emphasize to the leaders that you know the troops don't exist without them so if that means that you can only meet every other week, then only meet every other week. Mm -hmm. If that means that, you know, however you can fit it in and make it comfortable for you, that's how you do it. You know, if it means pulling together with the other moms that have kids your age and everybody takes a meeting and you rotate it, do that. Mm -hmm. You know, come up with, don't come up with the excuse for why not, but come up with the solution for why you can. Mm. Because the, the payoff to your daughters, but the payoff, again, to the adults is just phenomenal mm -hmm. it's phenomenal yeah so. I love that the focusing not on the excuse but the solution and how you can make it work yeah. well that's what we want to role model for our girls right yeah. we don't want them to wallow in the in the excuses of why things are not going well we want them mm -hmm. to be problem solvers for mm -hmm. how to make things better so Absolutely. we role model that first and then they learn that behavior and become resilient adults mm -hmm. is there anything else you would like to share mm -hmm. I can tell you um, my one favorite thing that when I left my troop in Tucson, they made the girls made a scrapbook for me and they all wrote a little page on it. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of the whole reward of it because when you really see how much, when you have them tell you in their words how they've impacted you, that's, that's always really important. But I did have one girl that was 
one of the more popular girls, but she was also very, her family was very um, formal in a lot of the things that they did. Mm. And she wrote in it that she hoped that one day she would wake, that she would grow up to be like me because when um, she would see Chris dancing, like she clearly didn't care what anybody thought of her. (laughs) And um, that was so great because she thought that it would be really freeing to be able to grow up to be somebody that didn't Mm. care what other people thought. And that was one of my that was one of my favorite moments um, was reading that page. But I think like just go out and play with the girls. That's what mm-hmm. I'm gonna say. Go out and play with the girls and have fun and go be a kid again and and enjoy it because it's there's I can't stress enough how much you get back in return. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like you're empowering yourself while you're empowering them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and having fun. Yeah, and fun. sometimes having crepes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of sad I didn't get invited to that meeting, but yeah, right. <laughs> well, Chris, thank you so much for for joining me today, and um, I think that this episode is important because it really gives our listeners a glimpse into what it's like to be a volunteer who is super involved at every level of, of volunteerism. Who didn't you didn't even have that experience as a as a girl because that is something that we definitely hear a lot. Well, I can't I can't volunteer. I was never in Girl Scouts, um, and so I think it's it's great to hear about how Girl Scouts has impacted you, um, even as a as an adult who became a Girl Scout at, at 35. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing all of your advice and your stories and your experiences with us today. Thanks for inviting me. To all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, please be sure to do so by clicking that beautiful subscribe button that you see. And then make sure to share this episode far and wide so that all of our potential volunteers out there um, can, can hear about why this is so important, not only for the girls, but also for you um, and all of the fun and the crepes that are just waiting for you in Girl Scouting. So thank you again for joining us. I'm Brenna Smith, and until our next adventure, be bold, be brave, and leave each place a whole lot better than you found it. change the world in the girl scouts together we change the